Well, if any anybody listens to this, any of my classmates, um, thank you for being you. You're going to do great in your residency interviews. You're going to be great doctors someday. And be in touch. Say, kids, what do you want to be quality. when you grow up? Crisp. <laughs> quality. Say, Back at the headquarters. Kids, We're what do you want, what do you at the home be, base. Getting some tech messages. <laughs> when you grow up. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Becoming a Doctor, a podcast where two fourth-year medical students talk about the only thing that we ever talk about. Medical school. Yay. You guys know the deal. Our adoring fans. Yeah, it's not a surprise. You're not like, what? What? You're not surprised. <laughs> I'm your host, Santana Sanchez. I'm your co-host, Kevin Gale. And you can check out this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, at Becoming a Doc Pod. And dot com. Our guest was like, I asked our guest today. I said, Will you join us? He's like, What is this podcast? Do you guys like have a website or something? And I go, Do we have a website? Go to becoming a doctorpod.com. And our guest said, you have 27 episodes? What is this thing? <laughs> yeah, we're, like, bl- we're blowing up. like, sure, I'll be on your podcast. <laughs> well, thank you, guest. Uh, you can also fo- follow us on Twitter at Becoming a Doc Pod. Yeah. Become our first follower, yeah. please. Please, we're looking for number one. First one's the hardest one. <laughs> and like we said, we're, we're back at the studio. Yes. In studio. Listen to that quality. We're at ba- the recording studio. Sound feels, installation booth. <laughs> feels good to be back. We, uh, as we mentioned before, you were in Seattle for a month. Yes, West Coast, Best Coast. I was in Atlanta for a month because we both want to match very badly at those schools. Yeah, we're gunning. Yep. So, oh, also, we just submitted our ERAS. Oh. So, if you're a program director <laughs> listening to our podcast, uh, we are both very diligent, yep. hard workers. If you're on the, the you know, on the fence of whether you should get us in the first 27 haven't episodes haven't <laughs> convinced you this one's the one this is it kevin one thing about him i can say he's got a heart of gold <laughs> one thing about santana uh also a heart of gold <laughs> okay great uh now that that's out of the way let's get down to the nitty-gritty is our first segment going to be about eras about our residency applications uh well first we have an important announcement Important announcement. We were talking about this off pod. Not recently. We were talking about this off pod a while ago. Okay. Let's hear the uh, important announcement sounder. Oh, important announcement. Let's get this mother crawl. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel is back. Marvel is back. You heard it here first, uh, probably three weeks after the new movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> I actually called you from Atlanta. Yep. Or sent you a text, one or the other. And I just said, Marvel is back with a lot of A's. And it's true. Shang-Chi. And the Legend of the Ten Rings. Ever heard of it? Uh, yeah. The it, movie slaps. 
Go uh, see it. I give it 10 out of 10. I didn't give it that, but I give it two thumbs up. Because Marvel, the Marvel's you know, universe yes. was gone for a while, remember? Yeah, we had said our condolences. WandaVision. Ugh. It said, rest in peace. Uh, what was the other one? Um, the Winter Cap- Soldier? Winter, yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The only reason I pretended to like that one is because I was dating a gal who thought it was good. Red flag. <laughs> Turns out I was lying to her constantly because it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not very good. Yeah, so anyways, Marvel was dead for a while. But it's been reborn. Reborn. Like a phoenix. And what if this sh- episode... It's building. It's building. Shang-Chi. Yep. Great. Loved it. So excited. The next one coming out, right? Into the Spider-Verse or whatever. Oh. No. What's it called? I think Spider-Man Across the Multiverse. Something. Multiverse of Madness. No. <laughs> one of those ones. <laughs> they've got they've got some promising content in the pipeline. Exactly. So we're excited. Important uh, announcement. Let's get this mother crock. <laughs> All right, now that that's out of the way, yes. Yes. What's our first actual segment, though, for the podcast? Uh, we were going to complain a little bit about ERAS. Yes, no doubt about it. ERAS, what does that even stand for? ERAS, it's the Electronic Residency Application System. Wow. Is that what it stands for, actually? Probably. It is our, when we're applying to residencies, we have to go through ERAS, the Electronic Residency Application Service. Yeah, there so I just submitted my ERAS two days ago. Yes, you, you, this is the culmination of your medical school, Oy. right? Everything that you've done so far has to be boiled down into basically a six to eight page application. Yeah, exactly. And if that makes, <laughs> if that sounds terrible, it definitely feels like trust my rage. <laughs> That's how it makes me feel. What? Trust my rage. Trust my rage. What is that from? I don't know. One of the Marvel things. <laughs> uh, yeah. It. Um, you know, I thought that the stress would be relieved once I shelled out the 500 oh. bucks and yep. hit submit. But no, it's oh. lingering. Are you still feeling stressed for real? It's hanging in there. I think this is just going to be how it is until match day. Until match day on March 17th or March 18th. Yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Because so, uh, just for the people who don't know what the supplemental, I mean, what the residency application looks like, mm-hmm. you apply to all these schools at once. You press submit. You pay five hundred dollars because you applied to what twenty eight programs? Too many. And now every school just starts going through applications one by one by one, sending out interviews one by one by one. And it you think it'd be a faster process, but. The interview season lasts from now until February. Yep. And then every school that you interviewed ranks you as an applicant. Mm-hmm. They say, okay, Santana, pretty good app, pretty good uh, interview. We'll rank him as our 20th best applicant. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through the first 19 and offer them spots. If they all say no or if some of them say yes, then Santana will be offered a spot. And at the same time... You rank all the places that you interviewed at. So if you end up getting five interviews, uh, you say, this school's number one for me. right? And then match day in, in March is when everyone just gets assigned a place. Yeah, you get your preferences and their preferences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised your stress level isn't way better, though. I know. 
You can't hold. You gotta. You gotta erase this stress until March. I gotta erase it. I gotta let it go. You can't have your adrenaline running for for six the next six months. Can't be good. My cortisol levels. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully, uh, it'll it'll dissipate. I got a big race this weekend. I'm hoping to channel <laughs> that energy into a fast five k. Yeah, I um, I didn't think it was that bad because you don't have to do that much. You just have to put in like. I don't know, some of your hobbies. You yeah. put in a personal statement. You yeah. put in some letters of recommendation. It but, really isn't a ton of work, but it is, like you're saying, you're supposed to boil down what you've done your whole life? Yeah, kind basically, of? yep, to lead your residency Ugh. into like six pages. Uh-huh, we uh-huh, were joking uh-huh. about this. I think I called you one day. I had a 300-character limit on how hobbies. my mom's death... Oh. <laughs> impacted my residency application yeah one nice little tweet about it <laughs> how many how much is the tweet 200 characters uh 240 yeah, yeah. so if you th- <laughs> think about trying to explain to residency applications why my mom's death from terminal colon cancer impacted my medical my decision to go to medical school and decision to like palliative care and hospice mm-hmm. in a tweet yeah but that's not impossible em- you throw some emojis in there and they really get <laughs> they really get the idea <laughs> Uh yeah, I start. I say like two or three sentences about it, and the residency the residency uh, programs are like, "Enough is enough." <laughs> Stop writing so much about your mom's death, Kevin. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> right? Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully they are like, "Oh, tell us more." Anyways, enough uh, about that. It's over. It's behind us. Clearly, it's not. You're still stressed about it. Yeah, I can't help it. You, there's nothing you can do. It's out of your control. Yeah, it's done. Right? As Dr. Ross has told me a million times, and I continue to say, may I find serenity to accept the things I cannot change? You can't change the interview process, right? There's nothing you can do. Right. Courage to change the things I can. That was the ERAS, things you could change, and the wisdom to know the difference. So try to just... I'm so unwise. Make peace with it, my man. I'm trying. I think it's just, you know, it's just so recent. Um, yeah, it's super recent. But I've been checking my email like a... <laughs> Hoping for those interviews to, uh, to be emailed out. Well, the thing is, I'm doing a family med rotation right now. Yes. And one of the interns is like, oh, you just submitted your ERAS. Any interviews yet? I got a couple on my first day. No way. Just trying to be nice and like make conversation. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> The worst thing that person could say to you, right? And then the uh, the program directors are attending right now, and she's like, "Yeah, well, some programs they just like filter out um, based on step scores and send interviews to everybody." And I was like, "Oh, well, then maybe it's a good thing that I haven't heard anything because that's not that would be a sign that maybe they're not actually interested in me, right? You know, trying to trying to spin it, positive. trying to spin it." And she's like, "No, <laughs> an interview is still an interview." Okay, all right. Um, the, I was, I, the best way to live this next six months would be in a bubble. Don't talk to me about when I get my interviews. Don't talk to your friends about when you get, they get the interviews because it's just going to stress you. Right. The moment the university of Minnesota hits you up via email and says, Santana, here's an interview. And I haven't gotten one. I'm going to lose my mind. Okay. Well, I will keep you in the dark. No, no, you're the one exception, but. (laughs) 
but sincerely, I, I wouldn't want to hear anyone else when they're getting interviews. Sure. Because I'm like, I'm excited for you. I want I want the best for you. Oh. And I and I sincerely know you are not going to like have anything to do with my application and vice versa. Like we're not competing against each other. Right. You know. Right. So I want to hear. But like everyone else in our med school, don't tell me a GD thing about when you get an interview. Yeah. No, thanks. I don't no, want to hear it. Thank you. I don't want to hear it. You get it, right? I get it. All right, let's move on. About from our residency applications. Yeah, unless you have any, do you have no, any parting thoughts? But that'll be a recurring little segment because it is going to keep lingering. Yeah. I'll get a sounder for it. Okay. 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 PDs, if you're listening in, program directors, Kevin Gale, just, he's taught me so much. <laughs> program directors, Santana is literally one of the best listeners one of the best friend listeners i've ever had wow think about what he can do for your patients think about it program directors all right end of segment okay end of segment uh, let's move on that segment enough is enough <laughs> all right new segment alert <laughs> oh, a new segment alert uh sounder hold on let me let me uh let me let me find the new one uh, All I have is Bane sounders. <laughs> I need to update my board. I don't have enough positive sounders. Uh, oh, n- oh, wait. New sounder alert. Ah, waka, waka, waka. <laughs> there we go. The new segment is, and I can't believe we didn't think of this before. Yeah. A j- journal club. It's such a classic med school thing. Journal club. You're invited. I don't even know what a journal club is, honestly. like You... Uh, like the surgery interest group has a journal club, and every month they all read a paper, and then they go and talk about oh, it. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, a paper that was recently published that's, uh, you know, pushing forward surgery. Yeah. Academic. I, yeah, I know a good one. What is it? Uh, it's by Gail et al. <laughs> in the American Surgeon. If you Ever want heard of some it? updates on fund application. I can't say that word. Still can't. <laughs> Um, but I got a good article for you this week. I'll do it this week. You can bring one next. Oh, that's week. a great idea. Okay, so new segment, recurring journal club. You got a you got a journal article. I got a journal article, and we're gonna pick. Uh, we're not gonna pick boring articles. Like pick boring articles. by no. Gail at all. <laughs> They're probably gonna be very uh, tangentially related to medicine. I would assume. <laughs> so this week, my journal is from, or my article is from, the Journal of Surgical Education. Uh, it sounds serious. It does. Here's the title. The Sorting Hat of Medicine, colon, Why Hufflepuffs Wear Stethoscopes and Slytherins Carry Scalpels. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Great reaction. That's what I was looking for. I'm going to regret this. <laughs> All right, here's wait, the introduction. Wait, read the title again. <laughs> The Sorting Hat of Medicine, Why Hufflepuffs Wear Stethoscopes and Slytherins Carry Scalpels. It's a Harry Potter reference. Yep. I don't know if you... Yep. Do the abstract. It. Hit it. Uh, here's an introduction. Choosing a medical specialty is a complex decision comprised of a combination of intrinsic and extrinsic factors that can include economic status, personal interest, and input from mentors and personality traits. Basically, choosing a specialty is a residency, right? I'm going into internal medicine... Tom Soren's going surgery, etc. Yep. Et Friend of the pod. Okay, keep going. The fictional world of Harry Potter 
describes four distinct houses in the wizarding Hogwarts school, each valuing particular traits of morality that correspond with personality types. As such, we hypothesize that with each medical specialty often attracting particular personalities, the percentage of residents who self-sorted into different Hogwarts houses would vary depending on their chosen specialty. All right, now let's get into the data. So basically, they just sent a survey to a ton of residents at this medical center. And it's like, which house do you... Self-identify. Self-identify. Do we know... I I could use a review of the four houses and what they mean. Oh, boy. Okay, here we go. Gryffindor. Yes. They value courage, bravery. Okay. Those kind of mean the same thing. Oh, I got it. I got it. Courage. Chivalry. Uh, Gryffindor. Daring. Daring. Chivalry. Nailed it. Strong moral compass leadership. Mm, yes. Okay. Slytherin. Uh, Hufflepuff. Oh. They value um, loyalty, mm-hmm. dedication, mm-hmm. honesty, and humbleness. And when you think about um, the Hufflepuff people, Cedric, Deirdre. Diggory. Diggory. When you think about the Gryffindor, you think about... Uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter, exactly. Uh, the one, next one, Ravenclaw. Um, Ravenclaws, intelligence, curiosity, individuality. And when you think about Ravenclaws, you think about Luna Lovegood, Cho Chang. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the final one, Slytherin. Uh, ambition, cunning, um, Malchavellian tendencies, and power hungry mm, 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 mm. discrimination. Discri- <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes. Okay, and that's uh, the the classic Slytherins. Malfoy. Uh, Malfoy. Exactly. Okay, that's the background. I had a, I get a good review. Yeah. So um, basically, they sent out a survey, and they. Uh, they compared journal club what's this one called <laughs> this this segment? segment journal club oh yeah journal club they compared um applicants from different specialties their responses and like the percentage of i am uh residents who did who self-selected as gryffindors yep and they did some stats okay don't want to get into it okay because i don't understand yeah. statistics <laughs> uh but there was some interesting results. So for internal medicine, there is no st- t- statistically significant difference. Uh, Between the compar- four houses. No, when comparing internal medicine to the other specialties. So internal medicine is like a mixed bag. Yeah, just because it's, I mean, it's one of the largest. It's one of the largest. Broad, uh, different types of people because you're going to have cardiologists. You're going to have hospitalists you're gonna have hospitals and palliative care right so many different avenues right specialties you can do from internal medicine right okay here's the interesting bit (laughs) general surgery yeah uh or i guess yeah general surgery which is like half our friends yes (laughs) so they had 55 percent of them uh self-identified as gryffindor okay um the harry potter house yes yep whereas surgery whereas orthopedic surgery so that and that was statistically significant a greater percentage oh, for sure than all than the other specialties yep whereas orthopedic surgery 
Um, 33% of them identified as Slytherins. Orthopedic surgery. Yeah, by far the highest percentage. And and that was statistically significant because they're, the orthopedic surgeons, more of them yes. identified as Slytherin than any other one. And we got to remember, <laughs> Slytherin is the house that the is... The bad like, guys. Yes, it's an allegory <laughs> for racism. <laughs> so... Um, power hungry. Power hungry. Machiavellian. Machiavellian. <laughs> This is great. They yeah, they believe that uh, mudbloods should be <laughs> yeah, like purged. <laughs> so and and uh, the funny thing is, right? This is self-identify. Yes. Right. So one hundred percent. Um, and orthopedic surgeon surgery isn't like isn't like the bro. Don't you think the bros hidden in the gym with the big muscles going to orthopedic surgery? That's what I always thought. No. Slytherins, <laughs> even <Nope>. worse. <laughs> Do we know any people going to orthopedic surgery from med school? Um, I think so. I don't think of them as a Slytherin, but isn't um guy doing orthopedic surgery? I don't know. We'll have to have him on the pod. We'll have to ask it before think... we ask him anything. We'll have to ask him what house he would identify from Harry Potter. Yeah, no doubt. And he's gonna be like Slytherin all the way. Yeah, baby. <laughs> you know, Voldemort had some good points. <laughs> Don't count out Malfoy's <laughs> characteristics. Okay, the other one that's that's very striking is in pediatrics. Okay. They had a statistically significant lower incidence of Gryffindors and, high, and the highest percentage of Hufflepuffs, which I think makes sense. And, and Hufflepuff, again, just to review, that's the one that... Uh, they value honesty, loyalty, dedication, humbleness, patience. Yes. So yeah, I mean, those are the folks that are gonna want to be with the kiddos, taking care of kids. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, all right. Let me see what this but, conclusion has. But anything else? Why doesn't? Why pediatrics? Why not Gryffindor? Um, like I don't know. Statistically lower. That's surprising to that, me. That is surprising. Yeah, only twenty four. Percent. Oh, actually, also OBGYN statistically significantly lower Gryffindors. Interesting. All the other ones are up like forty percent or more Gryffindors. Okay. Um, Which makes sense because like all the main characters in Harry Potter that you they're the best. Yeah. Are Gryffindor, right? You got Hermione, the goat. You got Ron. You got Harry Potter. They're all Gryffindor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every, everyone wants to be Gryffindor. Okay, here's a conclusion. Yep. Are you ready? Read it. Read it. There exists correlations between the houses of Hogwarts and certain medical specialties, emphasizing that certain attributes may be more essential, advantageous, or complementary to a a specific specialty. And then just more of the same. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Well, I think we learned a lot (laughs) today. That was... That was a journal, like a published, like they, it's in a journal somewhere. Somebody's putting that on their residency application, that article. Uh, yeah, well, it's published by two MDs. Dog. We got to get, just you and I got to brainstorm just some bogus publication and get it published in the next year. Uh, yeah, I'm in. What's the next hot Self, young adult book self-identified series. lightsaber color <laughs> and what residency you go into i'm in 
Um, all right. Well, that's our first installment of Journal Club. Journal Club. Hope you guys liked it. <laughs> Pretty good. Actually, no, I'm not done with it yet. Okay. What do you self-identify? Me? Yeah. I'm a Hufflepuff. Loyalty. Boom. Humbleness. Boom. Uh, honesty. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at that E-Riot and see how the honesty is. <laughs> okay. Um, and so for internal medicine, there wasn't anything statistically significant from, from other specialties. No, basically. yeah. Okay. it was. Uh, so we can't really extrapolate this journal article and apply it to ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunate. Um, and what am I? Again, which house? I don't know. Choose wisely, Santana. Uh, Gryffindor? Hopefully. You're a leader. You're the president. Um, I don't know. Ravenclaw sounded pretty pretty good. Courage? Daring? Those are definitely me. Yeah, you're very courageous and daring. Uh, strong moral compass? Strong, strong-ish. <laughs> Compared to like a criminal, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, cool, cool. That's it. That's the journal club. That's it. Oh, thanks to friend of the pod, Francesca Pietrantonio, for sending me this journal article. Listeners, you got a journal article you want us to talk about on the pod and basically read word for word? <laughs> Hit us up. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you some journal uh, cred. Yeah. All right. That's it. Um, only only not boring journal articles allowed though yeah i mean well you can send us whatever we just might not read it yeah exactly yep okay well it's a million degrees in the studio it's a million today. degrees in the studio i have to uh run to the restroom so you gotta you gotta do what? solo pod our guest is gonna hop on any moment so be ready okay i'm ready give him a little intro a little oh intro i think he's coming on right now oh is he yes he is so this our guest this week is one of our classmates, one of the best. Yep. Great head of hair. Last time I saw him, which was two years ago. Great mustache. Yes, sir. Um, Aaron Rosenblum, can you hear us? His name is Aaron Rosenblum. I can hear you, and uh, Santana, I'm really sorry to disappoint you, but the mustache is gone. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> That was a one condition <laughs> for coming on the pod. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Still plenty of gray hairs, though. And, and I just saw you uh, two days ago and yesterday on Zoom. Your hair is still magnificent. Magnificent. No, pro- no, no doubt about it. Yeah, that was a condition of uh, the U of M letting me into their medical school. <laughs> Keep the hair going. <laughs> uh, Aaron, thanks for coming on the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me. I didn't even know you guys had a podcast until today. Yeah, which is shocking because most most people in our med school they listen to every episode the moment it comes out. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty high up on the charts. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, so I gave you the cues in advance. Give us the intro. Who is Aaron Rosenblum? Um. Okay, you might have to re-cue me, but I guess I'm Aaron Rosenblum. I'm one of your classmates. Uh, uh, <laughs> so far, set on, gra- set on graduating. Uh, May of oh, do we graduate in April or May? I, May. I've been putting April. Oh, anyways, have you been lying on applications? It's May. <laughs> Ooh. I thought it was April. No, no, that moral compass of yours already lying on the pod. <laughs> well, sometime in the 
in this time of emergence of 2022. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be graduating from medical school, and I was a late bloomer, like you, Kevin. Um, had other stuff I was doing even before I decided to become a pre med. And yeah, any anything else you want? We need more than that. Yeah. Where Where are you from? What did you do? Oh, before? right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I grew up um, outside of Philadelphia. I moved out to the Twin Cities in 2006 to attend undergrad at McAllister, which is a small liberal arts school in St. Paul. Um, I got a major in humanities, media, and cultural studies, which was an interdisciplinary major and a minor in American studies. Um, and then I worked in the, as an artist and as an arts instructor for a number of years. I did a lot of printmaking and public art, um, some video. Got to do a lot of really cool stuff. But um, yeah, just decided to try and figure something else out. And took me a couple of years, but I ended up um, ended up finding my way to medicine. Um, Santana but, uh, looks Santana looks uh, like shocked. I don't think he knew that you were an artist before. I didn't know that. School. I had no idea. I got tricks up my sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you still have any time to like practice your art as a student? Uh, not especially. You know, and it's like twofold. I think when I um, decided to go to medical school, I kind of knew that. Um, the sort of stuff I was doing, I wasn't going to do anymore because um, they were pretty involved um, public art projects and just took a lot of time and energy and um, wasn't necessarily and rarely paid. Uh, but I have been able to continue to do some printmaking and just some little things. Uh, I make at least one, <laughs> I make at least one print a year. I've worked on some video projects, but nothing um, as you know as involved as what I was doing. I actually don't even know what printmaking really means. What does that mean? Like you make one print a year? Yeah. So you know, back in the day, before you know, digital uh, printers, you know, there were all these sort of analog techniques for for print, um, and so that's. I guess that's what, I mean, printmaking could include digital prints too, but, you know, in the fine arts, when people say printmaking, they're talking about like various kinds of relief printing. So you've got uh, like linoleum block, wood block, uh, which is, you know, you're carving into some substrate. You've got uh, screen printing, which I have done a lot of, you know, which is still you, that's one form that, you know, is still used a lot commercially t-shirts um a lot of mass market uh imaging is done with screen printing um tech a lot of textiles uh and then you've got lithography uh you've got intaglio there's all there's other forms but i've mainly done uh relief printing and screen printing i'd say i'd say i don't know what any of those mean (laughs) and also uh when i think about your hobbies in med school i don't think about um the art side as much as I think about the gardening yeah. and, and biking. Those are, I think your two main hobbies, mm-hmm. right? Well, I would say, uh, 
biking is kind of a utilitarian oh. sort of thing. <laughs> like, I, lo- I love biking, but you're probably not going to find me on a leisurely bike ride or like, a, you know, I'm going to ride in a sur- in a large 50 mile an hour or 50 mile loop. Sorry. But I'll totally ride, you know, 10 miles to get from point A to point B. And I, I like doing that. Um, but then definitely the gardening. You're right. That has been probably my number one hobby during the, these years in medical school and even for a couple of years beforehand. And I did, uh, in that sort of in-between phase, I worked on a farm for uh, a, a growing season, I guess. Wait, in between art teacher and med school? You yeah, on a farm? exactly. Yeah. Dang. A man of the earth is how I describe him. A man of the earth. Aaron Rosenblum. So... When you're on a bike, you mean business. <laughs> it's not pleasure. <laughs> that, that's what I'm picking up. Well, I, I, there is pleasure, but, <laughs> but it's secondary to the right. Goal. It's, it's like when I'm at uh, executive council. I mean business, <laughs> but I get the pleasure of being there with the deans. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly like that. It's exactly like that. <laughs> So do you think you're the fastest biker in our med school class? Oh, that's a great question. I, I doubt it. Um, I, I very much doubt it. We have to have like some ultra athlete, triathlete kind of people with like super light titanium bikes. There's mm. those people exist in our class. I'm almost sure. Yeah, of it. There's a triathlete like in every med school class. Yeah. Around every corner. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're way they're way faster. Dang, um, <laughs> pretty cool though. And so, and, and that's one of the reasons why you're good at what's the word you always pe- pedagogy, like the 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 science of teaching. That's one of the reasons because yeah. you were an art teacher for a long time before med school. Yep. Yeah. So I did do some uh, kind of intentional study of that. I also was um, I was pretty involved in this free school project that. Um, lived in the Twin Cities from like 2006 until I think it probably formally shuttered in like 2015. And that was a um, sort of a would take some of the resources like there were student groups at the U of M and at McAllister and would take some of those university resources and sometimes faculty, sometimes community teachers and would put on classes that were free and available to anybody. Um, that's so good. that that's also where some of that study of pedagogy came from. That's so cool. Um, so, what kind of like what kind of students would show up to these? Would it really just be like a full range, or was it mainly people who are like retired? Um, I'm just really curious. I never knew that that existed. Yeah, it was a range. Um, it depended where the classes were and who was teaching it. Um, I mean, it probably overall still skewed towards like young, youngish, more, uh, educated people, but there was definitely a good mix of older folks. I'd say a lot of people, um, who are involved in like activist communities in the Twin Cities, um, and then for a while, there was also a whole like chapter of the organization that was just focused on Spanish language classes. Oh, and cool. so that was like a ton of folks from the Latino, Latinx community, especially in South Minneapolis. 
Dang, you're the the stories you could tell before med school. Like we could have a whole podcast on Aaron Rosenblum before med school, right? Your ERAS must be thirteen pages long with just <laughs> activities from before med school. I had to do some pruning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so that's who McAllister College art teacher farmed for a year. I did not Farmer. know that part. That was pretty cool. Man of the earth. Man of the earth. Uh, okay, so now, next question. What are you doing in med school currently? Uh, right now, I'm on a neurology rotation with you, Kevin. <laughs> um, I, I'm... Only interrupting my viewing of the brain pods to be on this podcast. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, 24-7 for two weeks. Right? Otherwise, 24-7 brain pods. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I mean, what is fourth year about? We're all kind of figuring that out right now. I just applied to family medicine. Um, Congratulations. And, yeah. Wow. Waiting, you know, waiting on that process to unfold and going to try and learn relevant things in the next. Um, how many months do we have? Eight, uh, seven, eight months. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting you say, like, what does fourth year look for for med students? Because I just reached out to our academic advisor, and I was trying to brainstorm ways that could, like, help prepare me for internal medicine. And our, my academic advisor was like, uh, there's not that many, like, make your own uh, rotations. You basically have to go through the ones that are listed, mm-hmm. which was shocking to me because at this point, for all three of us, it's about what can I do to help prepare myself the most for residency? Um, and like her advice was basically, I mean, find the courses that you think would be the most help and sign up for those. So I don't know. <laughs> so I decided not to do any of them. <laughs> right. And then I get mixed messages. Cause like I just did this dermatology rotation, which I actually, I did get a ton of, you know, practical experience, which I think I'll be able to apply in family medicine. But there was also, like, the residents just kept being, like, you should just go home today. Like, <laughs> don't worry about it. Like, you're going to have plenty of time to be busy in the right. residency. Right. I'm like, sure, okay, but, like, I'm paying to be here. I know, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> I am paying 60000 right now, so I don't think I should do nothing for the next six months. <laughs> yeah. and, on, and, and for you and I, Aaron, we are in a mandatory required mm. uh uh, rotation at where all we're doing is taking a, a test in two weeks, basically. More, yeah, more or less. More or less. Learning yeah. so much. <laughs> you know, Aaron and I are writing paper together right now, currently. No way. Not this moment. We're doing a podcast right now. But... <laughs> ah, thanks. Uh, is it a secret? How come I haven't heard about this yet? Yeah, it'll be it'll be for the next pod. I'll I'll read the whole thing on air. Okay, can't wait. <laughs> It'll take up some time. Uh, Aaron, Santana was just telling me that he thought some of his nerves would go away after submitting the residency application, um, but he's still got like a, a minimal baseline nervousness. How yeah. are, do you also feel that? Are you feeling like a sigh of relief? You know, you just submitted this in the past couple of days. How are you feeling? Um, yes, I am still feeling nervous. I have. I have to be honest. I'm not trying to. I, I just got an inter- interview invite this afternoon, and that has like cut my tension in half. 
just the existence of like one interview invite. I'm like, oh, maybe this is gonna work. Congratulations. <laughs> Congrats. Literally ten minutes before you came on, I was like telling Santa and I said, I don't want to hear anyone else when they get an interview because it's just that's, gonna stress I, me. That's why I didn't want to say it. Then you, asked that, you asked me that question. I know. I'm so excited for you. Can you tell us where it where it is? Well, since this is a public program, I'll just it's a secret it it's a secret congratulations <laughs> I, I, I will tell you one interesting thing that and i learned this from my advisor yeah i'm so i'm taking step two later mm-hmm. um you know and so all these programs you know fill out their their things their uh, surveys for the AMC, and they say what their requirements are and this is a program that i i actually have contacted to say who you know they they said on one of these surveys yes we would like to see step two before we offer you an interview. So in order to w- not waste anybody's time, I'm foolishly writing to all of these different programs to, you know, find out, well, what's your actual policy? And, and it's just radio silence. Oh no! And I asked, I asked my advisor about this and he's like, well, they can't say, they, they can't say it for like various reasons that I don't totally understand, but it's like not actually the truth. Right, so that's and, why that's why they're not going to email you back saying yeah, one or the other. Exactly. So, so this invite came from one of those programs that, like, never, I was never able. <laughs> so that's a huge relief then, because you were like, "What?" Yeah, you didn't know if it was an actual policy or not, and then clearly, you know. Yeah, I mean, all that just gets to this silliness of this whole process. Yeah. And like, you know, hopefully, it, our generation can can make changes so that something as simple as as that should be able to be communicated clearly, you know. It's yeah. silly, but also that's awesome news that like at least the first one you can breathe a sigh of relief. And and you're you're a phenomenal person. So uh you will interview well and they will like you as an applicant, which is awesome. No doubt. But that's true for both of you guys too. So Well, thank you. Well Santana was making fun of my, fun of my moral compass earlier, but uh <laughs> no comment <laughs> uh congrats i yeah, think it's congrats. fine to ask people that aren't going into im yes if, i cause, agree because it's it's totally different it's a totally us. different process yeah that's so exciting but aaron if you hear anyone who's got an im interview don't even think about texting us yeah zip it <laughs> keep it to yourself i didn't even want to say it on this i'm not trying to no no Aaron, I mean, there's you're such a kind person. I I'm genuinely excited for you and happy for you. Thank you for sharing with us. Yeah, we like it when people come on here and just flex on us. (laughs) (laughs) It's our favorite activity. I tell you about my upcoming publication in New England Journal. No, I don't have that. Is um (laughs) along the same lines? What is on the docket for you for the fourth year? You're still trying to figure it out. What's going to be beneficial for you? But what's yeah. for sure on there? I mean, honestly, I, I have my schedule all booked, so it's, there is no mystery. Um, uh, uh, required ICU, um, a hospice and palliative. I'm excited about that. Uh, and then um, oh, I'm doing sleep medicine. I'm excited about that. And, uh, and cardiovascular medicine, bedside ultrasound. Ultrasound is so cool. And um, then I get to go to Sweden. What? I think. Unless COVID, you know, 
wrenches everything. For a rotation or for a vacation? Both. What? <laughs> How do we sign up for this rotation? Well, you may have missed the boat. Oh! But they sent out they sent out an email months ago, and I was surprised that they were offering these you know this funding for fourth year international rotations, and so I applied to it. And my my younger brother is actually living um, not far from Stockholm right now. And might actually move to Stockholm in December, so it just kind of worked out nicely to do this uh, program in Stockholm. That's awesome. That is awesome. And and the other rotations, those are going to be super helpful for family medicine, like sleep. Half the people are going to come in there are, are going to look for sleep help in in the mm-hmm. outpatient clinic. Yeah, yeah, I'm hopeful. Hopeful, I'll learn a lot. Yeah, mm, love to hear it. Um. All right. So. Kevin said that he that he uh, sent you our our usual set of questions. The next thing that we like to ask folks this is actually a new one: is what now that you know we're getting to the end of our med school. What is your favorite memory of the last three and a half years? Yeah, Santana just brainstormed this question, and I love it. I think it's a great addition mm-hmm. to the pod. And 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 so I didn't give you a heads up on this one, but you know, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? best memory the past three and a half years and then while you're talking if someone else comes up let us know but what like yeah. what pops in your mind for that kind of thing oh uh, this the, is the so first hard time when you met santana and I. I mean i know that's the <laughs> so for, forefront well you know i actually i actually have to say i like if i dug into and tried to you know there's lots of like really meaningful clinical experiences but i i had a when i came into med school just like maybe what people had told me to expect. I just thought that um, there were going to be a lot of just like really kind of type straight type a, like no funny business, just like, you know, robotic kind of test taker people. And our med school class is not like that. And it just like, I just have met so many wonderful people and thoughtful people um, and you know, who are still super smart and good at taking tests, but like, um, I don't know. That just, I, I still feel, uh, thankful for that. Um, it, it makes me feel like, you know, sometimes you see all the problems in, in medicine and it gets overwhelming, but it's like really reassuring to know that, you know, these are my future colleagues. Um, and you know, in terms of, what what we're what we as a generation are capable of doing to you know improve improve this field. So I don't know. I'm sure I could come up with a. That's not like a specific memory, but I was I I was um, very happily surprised and remember like gushing about that to to my partner and and so on when you know when things first started. What uh, oh, let's open a vein a little bit. Do you remember any time? When like yeah, that's you're you're very right. The things you'll remember are the relationships, not like a certain clinical experience. Maybe mm-hmm. a couple of clinical, but you're gonna remember the relationships you formed. Was there a time in med school that was like more difficult, and a certain person, like peer or faculty member, really just kind of helped you through it? And you thought, wow, this is like amazing. This this person or peer, or, or is that more your partner's role, or you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um. 
I I think it's, it has been a lot. My partner, um, I do think um, just being able, like, I don't know, some of the more, and, and, and it's been residents too, like I, on my um, sub-I in family med, we, um, we had a patient who passed and it was somebody who I had helped to take care of. And I got to go with this resident to do the, the death exam, which is like a really intense and weird experience. Um, and I, I think just having, having that moment with that, with that resident and that, um, that solidarity, and then also being able to discuss those kinds of things with, um, you know, not, not a, I, I, not naming a, a particular classmate I know, but, um, feeling like, you know, anybody, either of you, any of my friends in medical school, I could be like, hey, this happened to me. They'll have some stories, I'll, you know, we'll talk about, wow, this is really weird, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, able to debrief with not only a resident, but your peer as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and this, this resident was, um, had just been finishing his intern year too. So it's like, we're really close, you know, in terms of where we're at in our right. process. In the med school process. You were clearly older than that resident probably, but. I was a little bit older. <laughs> <laughs> but I had never done a death exam and he had, so. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's kind of cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Favorite memories from med school. It's a new question for our guests. Yeah, that's a good one. I'll have to think more about that after after we're done. Yeah, yeah. If you um, <laughs> you know, ten minutes later, just hop back on Zoom and <laughs> share <laughs> that link will still work. <laughs> you guys just hang out on Santana's Zoom link all day. <laughs> Santana, yeah, this podcast. I know you haven't heard it, uh, an episode, but each one is like ninety minutes of us just talking. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll still be there if something else comes up. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, feel free. Come in. Okay, now the most important question mm -hmm. we asked our guests. Something controversial. A hot right. You take. did warn me about that. Yep. Yeah, this you is... You did warn me about that. This is what people tune in for. Exactly. <laughs> this is what gets the ratings, the numbers. Yeah. So, you know, I have, I have some controversial beliefs, maybe. Um I think what I decided to share for, for your listeners and for you guys, I don't know how much of a hot take it is, but um, I, I would say, you know, with a, with a little bit of fine tuning and caveat, but more or less, I, I support the full legalization and decriminalization of drugs. Um, Dang. Which drugs? <laughs> and all, all of the ones that, you know, people that, that people use or abuse I, I i agree with like regulated access like i don't necessarily think that you know we should be able to go and you know buy our own chemotherapy from the corner store or whatever um but i don't think that the criminalization of especially you know drugs that people use uh for to get high or um, recreationally, I, I don't think it's, I don't think that effort has served what, what was at least its publicly stated purpose, which was to, 
you know, prevent harm to people. This is for sure controversial. A lot of people would disagree with you. Hot, hot take. And also, um, I can't speak for Santana, but I'm with you 100%, my man. Uh, I can't speak for me. And I think I agree, too. Um, yeah, what has uh, what has the war, quote-unquote, war on drugs done for us as a society? It's put a lot of socioeconomically disadvantaged persons in jail and below the poverty line. That's what it's done. Yeah, and it's made using drugs even more dangerous. I mean, it's already a risk, um, but you're just going to be, if you're hiding those risky behaviors, that risk is just, you know, compounded upon. It's it's a lose-lose. But it's not our take. Aaron, give us some more. Give us Sorry. some more. <laughs> no, I, I love this. I love this. You guys are, you guys are hitting, hitting everything. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the war on drugs has failed for reasons which you guys mentioned. I mean, we have skyrocketing rates of overdose. Um, I, I just think of something as simple as, you know, folks who, let's say, want to get high on opiate, opiate medic, um, opiates, um, they probably don't want to die. You know, they're probably generally not trying to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of adulteration with, you know, fentanyl and carfentanil and these super potent um, drugs, people don't know what they're getting and then they die. Right. So what is it? What does it look like to just have a safe injection site where, you know, the material, the the drugs that they're using have some level of of oversight and regulation, and they know what they're getting, and they know it's not, you know, not likely to kill them. Um, and if they do take too much, there's you know Narcan available, and mm. <clears throat> meanwhile you're you're creating, you're destigmatizing, and you're also opening doors for people who are like, Hey, maybe I want to do something different. Um, and, and have a window to offer them resources. What does that look like is, are there countries that have that, um, set up in place? Yeah, I think the, the most publicized country to do this or something similar was Portugal. Mm -hmm. Um, and every once in a while I, I go and because I, and try and do a search and see what's out there in the literature in terms of results. And I think Portugal has seen mixed, you know, mixed results, but overall, you know, they're spending less money on, you know, criminal enforcement and they're having less issues with quote unquote criminality. Um, I don't know. I I think that they've had overall some reductions in, in use too. Um, it's definitely not a slam dunk, and that's where I, you know, I'm like, these things will need fine tuning, and we'll need to figure out, you know, kind of how to support people and how to do something like that safely. Um, but I'm, I'm certain that criminalizing people is is not helpful. Yes, love, 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 love. Uh, and that- it, as a future family doc who might be playing, are, are you going to think about doing rural medicine? Practices. Yeah, good, good chance. Yeah, good so this could be very uh, important to your clinic and mm-hmm. and practice. You you mean the this 
like, I mean, just like addiction medicine in general. Like we learned, oh, for sure, we yeah. learned how the more rural you get, the less specialized uh, uh, physicians you have. So you mm-hmm. take on a larger role for addiction medicine use disorders. For um, sure, so yeah, definitely, absolutely. Your and it's so stigmatized. I know the the place where I was at for IPAP, they had somebody uh, several years ago who was doing um, buprenorphine for opiate use addict, uh, disorders, and they it's hard. It was hard to get a clear story, but either they burnt out on it or <clears throat> the system wasn't totally supporting them, and they ended up leaving. And so now there's nobody there that that does that. Mm. which is unfortunate you know yeah no doubt and as an md you um can advocate for changes at the at the minnesota level at least for sure yeah i, I think we're probably a ways out from you know having the <laughs> yeah, true. political will to do something like that but there certainly are you know there are states that are decriminalized that i mean many many states have decriminalized marijuana obviously mm. it's legal uh eat um a lot of like psychotropic, you know, like uh, uh, psilocybin mushrooms and those sorts of hallucinogens are being decriminalized. I, I it's hard for me to see the future where there's the political will de- to seriously decriminalize like opiates, amphetamines. Not other in our Christian drugs, nation, yeah. Aaron. Right, but you, but you never know. Um, think, things can change quickly. Oh, love one of the things I love about you is your positivity. Um, I I think I've told you this a million times, but you always seem so positive and so calm, and you know, and you're like things can change. You never know. What made made me laugh so much two days ago when we were in class and our professor was like, "What are you most looking forward to after the pandemic?" Uh, and everyone's like, "I'm looking forward to movie theaters. I'm looking forward to vacation." Aaron says, "Well." Uh, the pandemic's never ending. This is going to be a forever thing. <laughs> Very like, optimistic. <laughs> the, first, the first time. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I, I want you to consider that that was actually uh, uh, that there is some positivity contained in that um, recognition. Mm, go on. <laughs> I'm kind of ripping here, but like, I think <laughs> If it's always like, okay, I think there's probably very little like serious scientific debate that COVID will not be endemic. Like there's animal reservoirs, the virus, we're not going to completely eliminate the virus. Um, so that's, so if it's, if, if we're always operating from the like, well, we can't quite live our lives. We, we can't quite you know do the things we want to do um i don't know and and, but also knowing that this virus is literally for our rest of our lifetimes most likely is going to be with us to me that's really pessimistic that's like crap you know that's going to be my life for as long as i live um which would stick and instead i think recognizing that it's that it is endemic embracing harm reduction Embracing the fact that we have a freaking awesome vaccines that work well, um, and and trying to uh, be um, be more thoughtful in how we look at risk assessment and 
and decisions. To me, that's optimistic. That's like we can actually get back to certain things sooner, you know, if we're trying to look at actual risk and not just kind of respond to fear. Um, yeah, I like that. Um, I think that's very thoughtful. Not trying not to dwell on on uh, on the past, on the mm-hmm. fact that you know, oh, what a bummer, COVID. But looking forward and just recognizing that this is likely to be our new normal, and you know, we can still we can move on. Um, like you're saying, just risk reduction. Risk reduction. I agree with reduction. you, Aaron. A lot of the I was kind of bringing it up just to make a joke, but a lot of people, things people said in that room were things that, that could be done just with risk reduction, right? Uh, people were saying, I want to go to a large concert. There are large concerts happening all over the country, and some of them are, are being done in a healthcare conscious way, mm-hmm. and some of them aren't. But we don't need to completely erase large concerts if it's an, an, an endemic thing. Let's just make risk reduction. So I'm with you, Aaron. Always positive. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> I, I found a way to spin it. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> Love it. Uh, anything else uh, for the pod before you go? Or, um, Well, if any anybody listens to this, any of my classmates, um, thank you for being you. You're going to do great in your residency interviews. You're going to be great doctors someday and be in touch so kind so kind mr rogers son basically over up in here <laughs> uh aaron thanks for making time for us you are you're you're a good person you're a great person oh oh wait i have one last thing a last last thing <laughs> pps all right pps if anybody listens to this <laughs> big if stop line, stop line three they are claiming the oil is going to flow we can we can still um, stop it. We can stop them from using the pipeline. It can be a big sunk cost for this Canadian corporation trying to pollute our future. So love it. Stop last, line three. Last stop. Stop line three. You heard it here. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right, bye. All right, Aaron. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. <laughs> Aaron, I'll talk to you uh, probably tomorrow about this paper. (laughs) All right, see ya. What a guy. What a guy. One of the best. Thanks for coming on, Aaron. Sorry about the mustache. That's really unfortunate. (laughs) That's the true crime in that. All right, Kevin's got to run to the (laughs) little boy's room. You you know, do the shout out. Yeah, yeah. yada, yada. I can vamp a little bit. Vamp a little bit for us. All right, uh, I'm getting pretty parched up in here. Kevin's scurrying away. And uh, we recently restocked the studio fridge. Take a listen to this. Oh, yes. You know what it is. That's a bubbly lime. delicious bubbly i know you're listening hit us up we want a sponsorship you guys need to reach out to a to a younger audience um to an audience that loves listening to 
uh, medical students talk about nonsense. You know where to find us, kevinjgale at gmail.com. We love to sell out. We really would. Huge sellouts, no doubt about it. Kevin, you want to do a quick uh, sample of what our bubbly ad would sound like? Oh, yeah, sure. Bubbly. Lime bubbly flavor with other natural flavors. Pretty good. (laughs) All right. um, Shout out to Chuck Levin's Washington Music Center. Yes, you got it. You nailed it. For providing us with such excellent audio equipment. Aaron texted. He said, thanks. That was fun. (laughs) There was fun. (laughs) That That was was great. The man is a legend. Okay. What's next? Next segment is everybody's favorite segment, Kevin's Corner. Kevin. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Kevin's Corner. Kevin's <laughs> Corner. <sighs> what do you got for us this week, my boy? I was going to talk. Aaron kind of touched on it. Okay. I was going to talk again about fourth year. <gasps> and I kind of touched on it already, I guess. <gasps> Yeah. I thought fourth year, this is Kevin's Corner, it's about University of Minnesota course directory on a whole in details, right? Wow. <laughs> From this point on in med school, we're just trying to prepare ourselves for residency. Yeah, the apps are in. So we The should, requirements are done. I should be able to call up whoever in like an bing. ideal world and say, hey, I want to just show up to the hospital on Mondays or Tuesdays for the rest of the year, right? Because... Right now, my schedule is basically off, 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 barely taking classes, mm-hmm. off, off, right? Right. Like the minimum graduate. But if I want to fill in the time with things that will help me, but there's no way for me to do it unless I take actual classes. Yes. And we know the problem with some of these classes is that you have to take like a shelf exam or you got to do overnights for a week, uh, uh, like night shifts for a week, or you got to work early and they don't let you off until 4 or 5 p.m., right? And I just want to... Slack off. <laughs> a mix between slack off, teach myself, right, but also get clinical experience. Yes. Get some high-quality clinical experience because we only have seven months left. October, uh, November, December, January, February, March, April. Count them out. That's seven months. Seven months. Um, so, yeah, it's getting down. It's crunch time. It's crunch time. Um. Yeah, I think it I think uh so I disagree I mean there's there's not any shelves. None of the oh, like none of the classes on there have shelf exams. I'm taking a test in a week and a half. Yeah, I know, but that's a required <laughs> course. <laughs> uh but I get what you're saying. Like what like oh, I want to learn about um what do you want to learn about? I want to learn diabetes. I'll give you a great example. I want to learn about running a code. If somebody's heart or lung stop in the hospital. Right. I want to practice that once a week for the rest of our med school. Yes. There's no class that does that. Fact. And I can't make up my own. Here's, yeah, that, yes. Um, I think you're right, and you should be able to. At this point, we've made connections with a bunch of physicians right. all over the Twin Cities. Right. We. It would be excellent if, as fourth-year students, we had the opportunity to be like, call up Ron, be like, hey, bring, 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 bring. Yep. Hey, Ron. Um I don't feel confident about running codes. Can I come down to your ICU and like rotate with the code nurse for a couple weeks? Right. And he'd be like, of course. Yeah, come on in anytime. 
Come in at 10 a.m., 11 a.m., whatever you want. Stay for a couple hours. Stay all night if you want. <laughs> I don't care. Not my business. You're paying for this. Right. This is a good example is when I was in Waconia. Mm. All the docks, there were no residents, right? Just docks. Mm-hmm. And they'd always be like, you can go whenever you want. You're paying for this. Right. You know, you want to do another mission? Great. If you want to leave right now, like it's up to you. Right. That's That should be every any anybody coming to the med school. Yeah. So uh, my academic advisor gave me some ideas on maybe this could work. I've got an idea. So I sent him some emails. What's the idea? Basically what I just said. Call up Ron. Oh, yeah. yeah. Go over to Southdale. I see you. I'm going to. I'm yeah. going to email him. I think that he would be all about it. Yep. Um, this is a physician you worked with. You know he has a passion for teaching. Yeah. He also works at a place where there's no residents. Exactly. So I'm going to. I mean, that's the next email I'm sending. And it would be no... It's not like, and there wouldn't be an actual an extra responsibility for everyone because we already have done three years of med school, right? We're just the, you would just be there to work alongside this. There's a person there that run, that does all the codes for right. like a six hour shift. You would just work with them. Is it really? Yeah, this is a genius idea. I know. <laughs> there's a code like a uh, provider. Is it a there's, nurse? There's a code uh, nurse, uh, an ICU nurse. Yeah. Who is a float nurse? Yep, and then they go to all the codes. And, and they what run the is code. their role in the code? If somebody's heart stops or lung stop, what is their role? I think they lead the codes. No way. Yeah. Oh, I believe so because there's no like you're saying. There's no re- typically. It's like the re- the second oh, yeah. year second year resident, resident who runs them. this. Wow, this is great. Yeah. Thanks, dude. I but think- then I'm a, the unfortunate thing is, I'm either going to do that off the books. Yeah, you won't get credit for it. <laughs> Or because there's no class that that fits that, right? So then there's all like the technical stuff of of oh I can't be in a hospital room under unless I'm in a specific rotation hmm. for like insurance and yada yada yada. Like that's the stuff that we weren't thinking about. But it shouldn't be like that, right? It shouldn't. Like you have we have uh, malpractice insurance. Yeah, it's we med have, students. Yeah, we have all right. this stuff. So. Anyways, that's Kevin's corner. It's like, I should just be able to do exactly what I want for the rest of the year. The option is either to do nothing, which is what my schedule is mostly. Right. (laughs) Or take a required class. For example, we were both going to take radiology. Yeah. But I've been told, not a good use of your time. You're basically just shadowing radiologists. Just learn it on your own. So I'm going to learn radiology on my own instead. And I'm going to take it, and then we can compare who is... Less terrible at radiology <laughs> after a month. I can guarantee I will be less terrible at radiology than compared to your your required rotation. We'll see. <laughs> if there was some way to measure this. There is. Isn't there like a test at the end? There's a test at the end of radiology. No way. Yeah, remember when you said there's no test? There's a test at the end of radiology. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> well, I'm going to ace it, and you're going to bomb it, probably. Yeah, I'm going to say, hey, I know I didn't take this rotation, but I take the test anyways, and we're going to go head-to-head test scores i can't wait <laughs> tune back in in february yeah, in february see what the results are so that's kevin's corner just trying to figure out what fourth year is aaron touched on it i touched on it yeah it's it's in flux yeah similarly i'm doing this family med rotation um and for two months for two months and they're giving me some flexibility family med is typically an outpatient rotation so you're in the clinic but because i want to do internal medicine and be a hospitalist they're letting me do 
they're letting me change my schedule and do a bunch of weeks inpatient working at the hospital. That's dope. Which is dope. And that's what it's about. Yeah. And they're like, what do you want to learn? What do you want to practice? They're like, do you want to go to the OB floor? I'm like, no, no. No, thanks. (laughs) No, thank you. I hung up my OB gloves long ago. My ultrasound. Yes. Cetal ultrasound. They're like, do you want to go into the operating room, Santana? Mm, no, thanks. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. So are, can instead of doing eight weeks of outpatient family medicine, can you do all eight inpatient? No. I think okay. I'm going to do, I think I can do a maximum of four and four, which well, is great. That's great. That's yeah. awesome. Uh so so that is some flexibility that is some flexibility but it's like a very there's like three people in this program it's a very uh niche right rotation where they're like yeah do whatever right and where they have the capabilities to have me move all over right they also have residents who are in the hospital that you can just work with exactly yeah i mean i'll tell you what if force comes to worse i'm just gonna go out to waconia once a week i've heard that before Oh, I'm going to go to Waconia, work on radiology once a week. <laughs> mm. That must have been Maddie Joachim you're quoting, oh, the other person at, at yep. Waconia. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it wasn't not me. I forgot. <laughs> All right, that's Kevin's Corner. Hit the sounder. Give me the sounder. Perfect. That was a good one. Um, yes. So I wanted to include this question for our guests, what the what the best memory of med school is because i feel like we spend a lot of time complaining about med school on here and there's i mean don't get me wrong there's a lot to complain about but there is a lot of uh things to be celebrate. proud of things to celebrate 100 yep, percent memories to cherish yeah um, so that's why i wanted to start doing that because you know the power of positivity and I think it's perfect that Aaron was the first one to answer that question. The most positive yes. member of our class. The power of positive. I'm all about it, dude. I think that's a, a, a great thing. And it's true. My best memories from Wash U aren't the individual races, the classes. It's the friendships I made. Yeah, of course. From back in 2003 to 2007. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> the, the lifelong friendships. In fact, I don't remember anything classes or races but the friendships <laughs> but in like 20 years i'm not going to remember some specific course i took i won't even no. remember a specific patient encounter mm-hmm. but Most i will likely. still be friends with you whether you like it or not in 20 years <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> that's true though right that's the relationship yeah you, absolutely 100 in any in any life uh part of life um yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to bring that up one more time. Power right. positivity. I love it, dude. What's next? You know what's next. It's time for the mailbag. Mailbag. Hi, I'm Elwood Edwards. And 22 years ago, I recorded a very well-known catchphrase for AOL. Hey, Elwood, I just got an email. You've got mail. Elwood? Uh, yeah, that's the you've got mail voice guy mm-hmm. do you want me to play it one more time did you miss that intro no that's okay all right we have a mailbag here who's it from uh it's a uh, anonymous source can you uh, open the mail for oh, us yeah. please here we go perfect pa- pass it over to you so the, you can read it the question is uh should the class president 
be allowed to choose the commencement speaker for our graduation ceremony? Um, what does the Constitution say? <laughs> it's Constitution. I don't know. I'm an originalist. <laughs> I sincerely have never read the General Council Constitution. Uh, well, this in that is case, the thing that happens every year. Right. Nobody else wants to think about it or do anything. And Probably. Then yeah. The buck stops with you, Kevin. <laughs> so I guess the question is, should the class president do it? Should the class president delegate it to somebody else? And with that in mind, who should it be our commencement speaker, Santana? Hmm, I think that you should do it. Okay. Because then I get some influence. Yes. As your roommate. Love it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know who else would who else would that would that decision cut, fall to the deans i mean yeah. if it's going to be a student it's going to be the president or like a combination of the student government right uh but we all voted for you we knew what we were getting into we voted for you four times in a row Scary. back to back to back <laughs> back to back to back a couple of years there weren't anyone else running so I went you're like the default. fdr of <laughs> medical <Four> school terms, <laughs> my man <laughs> Uh, not just me. I think every class president does all four years, right? I, Maybe. be a rarity to be voted out like Survivor. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, to answer the question, the mailbag question, sure. Why not? Right? Yeah. Because if it's not broke, why fix it? Right? I'm sure the, the commencement speakers. Oh, this is a great idea. All right. So while you figure out who we should get... I'm going to look up the commencement speakers of med school for the past three years. I mean, we've talked about it off pod before. Yes. And um, uh, in the preclinical days, I was a big proponent of getting... Uh, Reponent? Did I say Reponent? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Edit that out. <laughs> I was a big proponent. Yes. Of have of getting uh, Doctor Sitar to come on, talk about all the high yield parts of medical school. This is the man, the myth, the legend behind everybody's favorite textbook, Pathoma. Pathoma. The only thing, which truly wait. the only thing that got me through second year of medical school, and all our classmates. Yeah, and pa step one. Pathoma was the study the path study of diseases, study of pathology. Yes. Disease states in the human body. Yes. From as common as hypertension, high blood pressure, Wee. to as rare as Krutfeld Jakub disease. Yes. All of that, which is... Or uh, longer Hans histiocytosis. <laughs> you get it. Uh, this man, you know how my thoughts of medical education, this man concurred that it is sometimes garbage. He made his own textbook called Pathome, which was the high yield. High yield. And everyone in our class used it. In fact, there was a stat that said 91% of classmates had used Pathoma and wanted it incorporated. Yeah. Two-thirds wanted it incorporated. So that's a great answer of who should come to our commencement. I mean, Why we owe him change? all such a huge debt. Why did that change post-pandemic? Uh, well, po not post-pandemic. Uh, post... Well, I don't know. Uh... Post well, now that we're into the clinical years, I just think about Doctor Sitar. I used to think about him every day when I was reading his book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, "Thank you, sir, for doing this. You put the team on your back." That's such a good idea, though. I love that. But maybe now I've just you know, 
I was like, oh yeah, I was such a beast in the preclinical years. Did it all on my own. But that's not true. No. Dr. Sitar, Pathoma. Um, I can't find, I can't, I can't look it up quick enough. Who else spoke previously? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that that might be my best, my best one. I mean, obviously, That's we got to say, oh, Fauci. yeah, Dr. Fauci. That's what you want us to say, isn't it, listeners? <laughs> Dr. Fauci, come on and bring, bring. Inject, give people the vaccine on stage. That would be a sick commencement. Dr. Fauci vaccinates 100 children. <laughs> At the University of Minnesota graduation ceremony. He can hand us our diploma and a vaccine, and then we vaccine an audience member. Oh, my vaccinate gosh. Vaccinate an audience member. Whatever the t- verb is, <laughs> I think along those lines, we one of our prior guests, online med ed, mm. Dustin Williams, he he's done graduation ceremonies before. I saw it. Is he good? Uh, he uh, is he good? The man is a legend, dude. Yeah. Does he have a whiteboard? He'd <laughs> that'd be awesome. He'd be a great commencement speaker for sure. You know what? We should get a magician to do it. Go up there, do some tricks. Yeah. Make uh, Dean Bob disappear. Yeah, I think that'd be way more fun. <laughs> I mean, than I Dustin, I you know, I went to a magic show. In yeah, that's Atlanta why I'm thinking a of week it. ago, and it was the coolest thing ever. There's a Google review that says it's better than Hamilton, the magic show in Atlanta. Was that from I, you? I I've thought about this. I'm supposed to make a speech at our, our graduation. Yeah, I think I should just get a magician. Like, who wants to hear me talk for 10 minutes? No one. That's what I'm saying. But if I get a magician, people will be entertained. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, <laughs> yes. No no speech from the president. No keynote speaker. No deans. No deans. Cut all every dean speech. Yeah. Because it's going to be generic. It's going to be generic. Just get some... Get some high quality entertainment up in here. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Little Cirque du Soleil, mm-hmm. little magic. Yeah, maybe somebody goes up and beatboxes a little bit <laughs> in between. Uh, uh, we could get some stand up. You know, keep it clean, of course. Yeah, yeah, family friendly stand up. But that exists. There's some great acts. Jim Gaffigan, ever heard of him? Family friendly. Uh, okay, so you're you're thinking outside the box. Forget the the docs. Forget Fauci. I mean, yeah. Dr. Sitar. What is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget him. Let's have some entertainment. I think, yeah, if you really want to leave your mark on the U of M, Kevin, that's yeah. what you do. What about getting a clown just to do balloon animals? Walk, <laughs> walk through the whole time. And not speak? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that would be memorable. Remember for a while I wanted to get Al Franken as a commencement speaker? Yes. What happened to that? I thought long and hard on that one. Mm -hmm. And uh, the man, I respect him so much. Mm -hmm. But it... it, That was more my generation, right? There's a ton of med students who are like 26, 27. He hasn't been in office in such a long time. Uh, Well, for like... Oh, yeah, I guess at this point, four or five years? Longer. Wow, that's crazy. Time flies. And also, just because of the, like, the controversy surrounding him leaving uh, his position. Yeah, stepping down from Senate, yeah. So, I mean, like, you don't want controversy. No, definitely not. The only controversy you want is if you get a clown and he doesn't talk. And everyone's like, what the heck was that? <laughs> Why was that a commencement? <laughs> That's the only controversy you want. Yeah, exactly. The good kind. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, his <sighs> poor guy, Franken. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't want to say poor guy because, like, you know, he's doing fine. Yeah, he's had a very um, blessed life, as people yeah. would say. But yeah, can't get him tainted brand. Yeah, which is a bummer. It really is. So yeah, I guess I got to pick. I need some. You got to keep brainstorming, Santana. The headquarters, mm. the pod headquarters. I'll work on it. I'll work on keep it. Keep working on it. Um, because I got to start sending emails out asap. Who do they? Oh, you were gonna look up who they normally get, and you couldn't find it. Couldn't find it quick. Is enough. it normally docs? Sometimes it's docs. Sometimes it's politicians. That's basically oh, yeah. the gist of it. Yeah. Boring. Like Amy Klobuchar spoke at the University of Minnesota undergrad commencement. Yawn. The governor spoke at the Minnesota, the, a prior government spoke at med- medical school commencement at one point. Yawn. I mean, it really is yawn stuff. Yawn city. Yawn city. Um, hmm. I mean... Who would even want to come and speak to? I think I should reach out to Jim Gaffigan and start going down. <laughs> that would be so much better. That would be great. Oh, you should get uh, the comedian Ken Jong. Oh, he who's an w- MD. Yes. <laughs> yes. He is an MD. He's from California, though. He probably, is, he probably would do like his own med school before he would do University of Minnesota. Well, worth a shot. Worth, worth a email. shot, for sure. He's, I mean, he's probably not busy being an actor. Yeah. You yeah. know? That would be so sick. He probably knows how to do balloon animals, too. Yeah, he probably knows how to do magic. For sure he's in it. <laughs> First-class entertainment. Oh, you have to. Okay. I think we got a good running list going. <laughs> Thanks for the anonymous email. Love it. Yeah. Keep them, uh, Keep sending them in. Uh, KevinJGale at gmail.com. Yes. That's our inbox. Send them in. Send them in. Send them in. And that's the mailbag. Now I can't wait for the mail to come. Oh, the mail. Yes, the mail. The post office sure has lost. Still going, Santa. Oh, the mail. Uh, yes, the mail. Still going. It's time to get a uh, mailbox. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. That's well, a podcast. That's a pod. Feels good to be back. Yes, it does feel nice to be back at the headquarters. Yeah, maybe we can finally get back onto a regular potting schedule. For sure. We owe it to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we really do. We've been stringing them along. Uh, well, like we say every week, a, a bird, bird in, in the, the hand, hand is, is worth, worth two in, in the, the bush. bush. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>